Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for the Basketball Insider in Arkansas. It's pure sweats, skills, and trainings. Bart Reed, made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village, staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. Hello, Only Clint Sturger had a longer intro than Bart. Only Clint Sturger. I'm going to see if we I can get it. that changed so that Bart gets the record intro. Hey, Bart. What's <laughs> up, buddy? How, how's it going? How you feeling? Number one, how you feeling? Oh, I'm back to normal, and I would assume it's today the best day for decisions for Razorback fans if you're talking about potential optimism for the remainder of the season and NCAA tournament, I would think so, after last night's performance. Mm-hmm. Well, I we, did saw, not. we saw what you've seen all along, Bart, and that's really when Nick Smith came back the first time, we saw him good. Last night's the first time we've seen him really, really good. So uh, that is yeah. encouraging, and it does make you feel good about the next few games. Yeah. At the, at the peak of his power, he is – a guard in a league by himself, and he hasn't been that way for two years, and he really is just a he, – he, he fits in, and I, I said the chemistry would be there because he's an unselfish player that scores, scores, Rick, and also distributes the basketball and then is a great defender. So he meets all the criteria to be a perfect teammate. So this is what I kind of expected to happen for sure. All right, Mark. That word has snuck in there at least twice, two or three times, and that is the word peak. Now, I realize it may be, quote, too early to use that term peak when you've only had Nick back for three games. But that looked almost last night, and I realize, okay, it was Georgia. Georgia, they had no answer for anything that Arkansas did. Last night, they were overwhelmed by the talent that Arkansas had last night. So, trying to be careful and using that word "peaking," I I, I couldn't ask a question last night because uh, I'm not there uh, for the actual press conference uh, after the game, as the other riders were. But I wanted all. It's been so tempting to ask the word or use that question to yep. Eric Musselman by saying, "Coach, do you think you're peaking?" at the right time yeah so i I think it's definitely a a great question they are peaking at the right time the reason that this stuff needed to happen specifically with nick smith jr the quote-unquote need management now has taken a whole new definition it probably has a negative connotation but this is why need management was so important because we had nick or the razorbacks had nick for a game and then he would have two to three days of soreness, stiffness, swelling, inflammation, then you go play, and then you're looking at taking two weeks off. This is why Nick Smith Jr. needed that time to get completely 100% healthy because what you're seeing is Nick play a game, Nick play another game, and he gets better because his knee is not having the same issues. So I think peaking is the right term. His play will continue to be steady. He is an absolute machine, and he plays all facets of the game. With him 100% healthy, which I think he is, 
I don't. There's no reason to have setbacks, and that doesn't mean he's not going to he's going to play great, 26 or 28 points or 30 points every game. But certainly, we're going to see the Nick Smith that brought out all the hype and respect that he will uh, well deserve coming out of the senior season. So I think Eric Musselman would say they are peaking at the right time for sure. All right, Bart. So help all of us manage now our expectations for Nick Smith because is is last night is that just the tip of the iceberg or um, next game he may only score 14 points and and uh, be one of three beyond the three-point line help us manage now talking about knee management help us manage now some expectations because it would be very simple to really start jumping on that bandwagon and thinking here we go Sure. Well, I can say this. The one thing that the knee affects the most, and we saw this with Isaiah Joe taking his drop from freshman to senior year, knee injuries tend to cause especially three-point shooting to, to decrease in terms of accuracy percentage. So I think what you're seeing now, or they saw last night, is Nick is an excellent three-point shooter. In fact, when you talk to NBA teams, they'll tell you the thing that stands out to them most is how underrated he is coming off pin downs specifically wide pin down uh, to the top or to the wing. So I think the, his baseline is he is a great shooter. I think he has been inconsistent to this point because of the knee and because of rust. So that is how Nick can shoot the ball consistently. Now, does he make that? Obviously, Randy, you, you brought the point. It's Georgia. Georgia still has players, and it really gets to be Nick can create a shot whenever he wants to create a shot. And that was the Moses Moody comparison has been made a lot for Nick. As great as Moses is, Moses is more of a catch-and-shoot guy. Nick is a catch-and-shoot guy that can take you off the dribble, and he can take you off the dribble in a lot of ways. So I think Nick very well might have a 14 to 16 point, but he's an ultra NBA franchise-type scorer. I think his average is more in the 22 to 24 range, so I think Georgia would be the kind of the baseline. But certainly if the game calls for just passing the basketball and 14 points and 14 assists, you can count on him to make the percentage play. The biggest win of this, I thought Anthony Black, who's looked great all season, looked so much more comfortable in a role of passing the basketball and having, I mean, he had seven or eight assists in the first half with Nick out there. So I think he gets better as well with having Nick on the court. See, I was going I to, was, I was going to inject Bart. I was going to inject the guy that I thought benefited the greatest, and, and that's an excellent, excellent point on Anthony Black. But I was going to say the guy that benefited the most to me was Ricky Council. Yeah. Because we yeah. saw some dunks, we saw some runouts, we saw yeah. even some stops and pops, but the floor was spread, the lanes were open, and you didn't see this army of guys waiting, uh, especially hovering around that three point line. And it's like they got barricades leading to the lane. I thought because of Nick Smith and his presence, he forced a lot of folks to spread out and cover. I mean, you can't just leave these other guys open and thinking, well, let's let's double up or let's let's shut down Nick Smith because once you do that, that opens others up. And I thought last night Ricky Council really benefited from Nick's presence. Yeah, Randy, that's a great point because we talked about standing around we've talked about it for several weeks 
This is the difference between a Razorback team that has a number one option as Nick Smith or a Razorback team with the number one option of Ricky Council. And it's not a negative on Ricky Council. It's just we saw the comparison to me was at the last two games before Nick got back. Ricky Council felt like it's J.D. Note Part 2, where it was Council taking a lot of dribbles, ISO and 101, getting right in the shot clock and taking a contested shot, which is a tough shot to make on any level. So you're absolutely right. Now they cannot overplay, and his shots come much easier for him, and I think he long-term benefits because, Randy, it's a great point because most people would say Ricky Council might be the one hurt the most because of scoring, and I think it's quite the opposite. I'm with you on that one. Well, the one thing that I thought, particularly, you're talking about players playing relaxed and not, I got to believe it's almost like a load for the moment has been taken off his shoulders, and that's Devo Davis. Uh, I mean, Devo's been trying to make that All-American pass. He's been trying to make the the clutch shot, and you can go on down the line. And I think, again, he 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 just got out there last night, locked down on defense, and was just having fun. Yeah. And it's really what brings us back to the ultimate question, the million-dollar question, is how good is this basketball team where, to your point, Devo Davis is in his role, Ricky Council is in his role, Anthony Black is in his role. It's a national championship Final Four basketball team. Coach Musselman has made it to back-to-back Elite Eight with much less offensive talent and really, let's be honest, defensive talent. The defensive knock on that I had with them was their youth and inexperience. It didn't have anything to do with their physical capabilities of playing defense. This is a Final Four basketball team. You can't say national championship, but you can certainly say Final Four if everything's rolling, and listen, I think the selection committee should take in account. They have in the past, guys, when you don't have a star player for a certain amount of conference games, that's got to factor into seeding. I don't think it matters a ton, but it certainly should matter, especially with a name like Nick Smith Jr. missing as many games as he did. We agree with you. I'm not sure they do take – they used to take that into consideration. I'm not sure they do anymore, perhaps, but Randy and I are continually baffled by an NET that has Arkansas number 16, which would mean you should be a four-seed or a five at worst, and yet you see yep. them in the projections as a nine or a ten. So maybe you can explain that when we come back. No? Yeah, figure that one out, Mr. <laughs> Bart Reed. <laughs> All right, hang on, Bart. we got to take the break. Hey, it's Bart Reed, Pure Sweat Basketball Skills. Thanks to Martin Orthopedics. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. It's time for the Basketball Insider in Arkansas. It's Pure Sweats, Skills, and Trainings, Bart Reed. Made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village. Staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. All right, Bart. Before you answer Reed's, uh, Reed's. Uh, before you answer uh, Rick's question about the NET and the, the yep. number sixteen seating that Arkansas has in regards to the NET 
rankings. I want to read you first this one and see if you can explain, um, help solve this for Rodney. By way of our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback, Rodney says, I don't understand how people consider us beating Georgia and Florida but losing to Mississippi State, dot, 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 peaking. Well, it just goes back to kind of the crux of what we've been talking about. If you can't compare Mississippi State, it's hard to really compare the basketball teams and wins and losses in that regard unless you're really stripping it down and looking at the numbers because basketball is a matchup driven sport and certain matchups don't fit other matchups and and it, some of it has nothing to do with record some of it does mississippi state really is a great defensive team and we struggle without nick in creating shots that kind of hit a perfect storm but the fact that you're looking at this basketball team with nick smith at his baseline where i and this is by any expectation that you're the number one number two player in the country and a projected top six pick we're not just making this up. This is the projected numbers of what he should be at. So we look at the Razorback team with Nick Smith healthy and numbers versus without Nick Smith. So that's where we come from peaking because it's a totally different basketball team. And by totally, I mean everything changes from substitution to shooting to defensive matchups. Everything changes. And it can change based on one player as good, as great as Nick Smith Jr. And it's that simple. Well, it seems like it's always been on the last. Sorry, Rick. It always seems interesting, Bart, that every year, and Rick, that it's been one player. Last year, I guess you'd say it was Stanley Amude, who they finally moved, or was it Trey Wade? I guess it was Trey Wade that Arkansas moved into the starting lineup, and, and all of a sudden it gelled. And uh, yep. we know the rest of the story. And in this case, it may be an injured player coming back in Nick Smith Jr., and now the team is gelling and uh, coming together uh, at this perfect stretch run. It's just a little bit later than what it was a year ago. So, uh, But the circumstances are different. And everyone wants to talk. This is It's easy to get lulled into the offensive hypnosis of how great Nick Smith Jr. is. Nick Smith Jr. is also one of the top defenders, one-on-one isolation defenders in the country, which changes that, that dynamic. Part of the reason our efficiency is so high on the net side is they look at defensive efficiency, and Arkansas Razorbacks are through the roof, especially as you get Nick Smith back in the fold. So it's not just offense, it's defense as well. All right, uh, Rick, I asked you right before the break, and, and I must confess I've given up, uh, <laughs> but I will continue to search for an answer, and that is how can you be 16 in the NET rankings? 16. It moved yeah. three spots. Last night, going in, into last night's game with Georgia, Arkansas was 19. After last night's game, Arkansas is 16. Now, you could argue possibly it could have been the help that Missouri gave uh, in knocking off Mississippi State could have been the fact that A&M knocked off Tennessee. But regardless, can you help it at all? Yeah. Explain this to us, Bart, yeah. why Arkansas is a 9 or a 10 when you get to bracketology? Yeah, it's really – it comes down to two things. Bracketology and the projections 
are really based on an old model, which came down to being an RPI, right? We had the RPI, which mm-hmm. essentially looked at winning percentage. It looked at opponent's winning percentage, your average winning percentage, and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. And, and it's that simple. So it was a metric that looked at a very limited criteria. So when you look at the SEC, which from bracketology, they never want to give SEC the credit that it deserves, in my opinion. Now, last year, the SEC really let everybody down by not performing. But if you just look at the eye test, Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, Missouri, and then certainly Arkansas is right there. I want you to tell me how Vanderbilt plays LSU tonight. If they're three games above 500 and they're 17 and 13, are you not going to admit them to the NCAA tournament? Because in my opinion, if you're – 500 or better in a Power 5, you belong there. It's just that simple. So they look at it. Arkansas is dead last, according to SEC, just overall what the top rank would be and, and rankings. They're last. So you can't give them what they probably deserve because it doesn't pass the eye test. The net ranking is based on predictive analytics, and it takes in a ton, and I mean a ton of different factors from defensive efficiency, scoring margin, uh, game results, winning percentage, game location, quality of win, quad one, quad two, quad three, what that means is it's taking a bigger sample size and it looks at way more data than a traditional RPI. So based on the amount, the quality of opponents, the wins and losses, and the overall closeness of pretty much every game, we are extremely high in uh, the net ranking. And that's, I think, where we should be. I don't agree that we're a 9 or a 10 seed. I, I don't see that. But certainly that's how the net ranking is 16 and getting it so high at a possible 4 or 5 seed is because it's looking at more data that really predicts overall what a team is going to do in the future. If they're continuing to play a certain amount of teams with the same results, what it's going to project in the future. So it's a much more accurate tool, I think. So Even though it's with, confusing. With that in mind, does that does the, does the selection committee, and supposedly Joe Girardi pays attention to what their criteria is, does the selection yep. committee use that NET at least for half of their criteria, for a certain percentage of their criteria uh, in making the decision yep. of where, this, where they seed teams in other words, could could they could Joe Lillardi miss it miss it by five seeds instead of a nine? You're a you're a five or a four. I I think it's realistic to expect that the uh, the one thing the committee will use is I, I, they're going to use the net. I think for half the decision. I think where you could get it wrong by that many is they really factor in Nick Smith Jr.'s value to this thing. Because Rick, I agree with you. They've done it in the past, but they don't necessarily do it all the time. For a name like this, they very well could do it, and it could get us an increase from that projected nine seed three or four slots. And certainly that would be in line with the net. So let's hope so. Let's hope that they look at it. Hmm. It's just hard. It's, it's, it's hard to say a nine seed for an Arkansas race basketball team that has played this game. And we still have Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky to play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, at this rate, if Arkansas was to win all three, they may end up number one. (laughs) These silly (laughs) NET rankings. That's right. All right, Bart. 
We will talk with you on Friday. That's Bart Reed, Pure Sweat Basketball Skills. 